Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. Hi, my name is Blaine Monaghan, and I'm the president and CEO of Pacific Ridge Exploration Limited. We're listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the ticker symbol PEX, Papa Echo X-Ray. Our goal is to become one of BC's leading copper gold exploration companies. Our flagship is Clayul, which we just recently drilled. Our portfolio also includes RDP, Redton, and a number of Yukon Gold projects, which we'll look to spin out over the coming year. Brilliant. Good to see you again, Blaine. It's been, been far too long, especially when, what, March? Is that been right? Yeah, early March. Early March. Okay. Uh, weird year. Uh, great year for copper prices, but um, copper companies... Not getting the reaction you guys wanted or expected, are you? Well, we were initially. It was interesting. When we spoke, uh, I believe it was March 10th, we were trading at about 10 cents. Uh, we reached a high of 33 cents in June. And then the market just got soft for every exploration company out there. And we're almost back to where we were when we last spoke. I think we're trading about 13 cents today. So uh, there were some good gains in that run up. And uh, now we're kind of back to where we started, but we've achieved a lot in that time. And I think we're going to see a lot more value added moving forward. Well, that's what I mean about weird. Right? For, for people clever enough to get out at those highs, great. Lovely year. doesn't help you, though. So, you know, back down where we started and a lot of copper companies coming on and telling the similar sorts of stories, similar sorts of charts. And it's, it's that divergence between copper prices and equity prices that most People struggling to actually understand or quantify. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the long term and, and the forecast, obviously, on the supply demand side, it looks incredibly bullish for copper. But in the short term, I think there's a lot of uncertainties out there in the market. Uh, but all you have to do is look at the uh, the warehouse inventory for copper and it continues to look incredibly bullish. But yeah, so I guess there's just a lot of short term concern about what global growth looks like. But I think it continues to look uh Long-term, very, very robust and strong, which should continue to bode well for the price of copper. Okay, well, look, um, let's let's just talk about your copper gold project. You're, 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 you've, got, you've got yourself a porphyry. You've been drilling. I haven't seen many numbers out. So what's, what's the delay? Yeah, we don't have any numbers yet. So we started the drill program in, uh, well, it started actually August 5th. We put out a news release about that. We were initially looking to get in there mid-July. So we had a few problems we had to deal with in BC and in Canada. There, were, there was a very active forest fire season in BC. The main road into our project was closed for two weeks. So that delayed us mobilizing in. And there's also serious labor issues. And, and we see these in headlines across the world. I don't care if you're looking for a barista or a driller or someone in the C-suite. It's, it's hard to fill those seats. And with these drilling companies, you know, they've got the drill rigs. Drill rigs are there. It's drillers. Uh, it's drill helpers. So when we went out for this contract, we were looking to have a day shift and a night shift. And we only had that about 50% of the time. So when you combine the uh, delay with forest fires, when you combine with labor issues, we weren't able to complete the, the total meters we were looking to drill. We were looking to drill 2,500 meters. Uh, we were only able to achieve 1,500 meters. I want to get back there and be much more aggressive next year. We'll look to revise our permits to get in sooner. We'll look to get with a drilling company that can guarantee the drillers. Um, and with respect to results, so yeah, we just finished uh, September 19th, I think we announced. 
we reported visual, I'm not gonna say visual results, but we basically were saying that, listen, we encountered copper gold mineralization in every hole. We expect to meet or exceed historic results from the Clio main zone. So I'm really excited, but I wouldn't expect to see results till sometime next month initial results. Okay, look, I will, we'll say, because we talked in March, I'll put the link to that interview back there, because we kind of got into some detail on that one, but go check that out if the story interests you, okay? But just just remind me, were you sort of twinning holes th this time around? Are you going to find some e easy wins there? No, we weren't twinning. I mean, we were in the Clio main zone, which I'm not going to say is well-defined, but is where the, the porphyry system was first identified in 2006 by one single drill hole that went to depth. Then in 2015, Tech went in there and did four deeper drill holes. There's, so there's only been five deep drill holes into this Clio main zone. Um, so we were only able to do three holes. We were focused on the Clio main zone. We were able to extend it to depth and to the west. Uh, but again, in addition to some of the issues on the labor front and the timing, uh, one of our drill pad failures. So we had a bit of a technical issue, which prevented one of our holes also from reaching its target depth. So there's a lot more work to do. And I, I think the results we get will uh, will demonstrate to the market that we need to get some more money. We need to do some more drilling. It's, it can get a lot. Right. Okay. You raised about 7 million bucks way, way back when. Um, so I've got to ask the question. So where, where are you? Did it cost you more than you thought to to get to this 1500 meters? No, so we we raised, um, when we last spoke, we had just raised 1.1 from that one German investor. Then we raised another 1.5, uh, which included a lead order from Crescat Capital in the States. So we raised 2.6 and we had budgeted 1.6 million for that program. And even though we did not achieve 2,500 meters, the, the total budget came in close to that. I don't have final numbers yet. Uh, and, and that's to do with, you know, the growing pains the first time you're, you're in there and with some of the, the slow drilling rates, some of the technical issues that we had. Uh, so we certainly didn't go over budget, uh, but we didn't achieve the meters that we wanted to. So we'll, we'll still end the year in pretty good shape. Right. So Ramon, how much have you raised in total? Was, is that the total amount? 2.6. That's correct. 2.6. Sorry, I don't, know, I don't know where I got my yeah. number from. Oh, okay. So 2.6 two today. So it's not, not a whole bunch of money um you've got some i guess with the contractor at the moment and we're going to work out what you where you finish the quarter you'll you'll let us know you're going to need to go and raise some more money do you think with the data that you've got the limited data you've got because it wasn't quite what you wanted to achieve you're going to be able to go back to crosscut and say hey it's going to be fine guys i mean or do you need to wait for the I mean, even if the results are what you think they're going to be, or and even if they do exceed what you previously thought, is 1,500 meters enough to go and raise capital? Yes, I think the results are going to demonstrate to the market that, listen, this, is, uh, this has fantastic potential. You need to get in there and spend more money. You need to drill more meters. And that's what I would look to do this year. So this was a maiden drill program for us. Uh, although, yes, we didn't achieve that 2,500 meters. Uh, we did demonstrate and show that it is open to depth. Uh, we did extend it further to the to the west, and there are a number of other targets. So I, I you know, this year we look to do 2,500 meters. Next year I'm thinking I'd like to do at least four to five thousand meters. I think the results are are going to enable us to raise the money required to do that. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it sounds like a sort of very sedentary pace to this. Do you, do you think that that's the way to play it, given the uncertainty of, of, of the market, or do you think that's 
because of the interest you're going to be able to garner at this stage of a project like this? I'd say it's it's another issue. We're, we're constrained by seasonality right now. So really the earliest we can get in there would be uh, early July. And we pushed to about mid-September this year. I know you could extend that further. You could probably get up into mid-October. So I know that we can extend the season. So we are limited to sort of a three, four-month drill season right now. Uh, with several rigs, you could certainly drill more than what I'm anticipating to drill next year. So I'm not so concerned about that. And again, you know, on as far as the access goes, it is just five kilometers from the main forestry road in power. So if we continue to have success, I think you could further extend the season by putting the right infrastructure in place. Right. So what, what do you say to retail here, kind of looking for projects, that, okay, whatever, 7 million market cap or so, um, you, you have peaked, you've come back off, like a lot of people. How does, why does this thing survive? Why does this thing be of interest to potential funders? Because it just kind of feels and looks like a lot of companies are perhaps running on, on gas or on vapor at the moment. And I just think... It, it's a it's a tough ask. I mean, you've been through this before. You you know how to move forward. So, how are you moving forward, and why should we get comfort from that? Uh, I would say, you know, when you look at the last time we spoke in March, I said there were a number of things we were looking to achieve, and we've done that and more. One was continuing to raise additional capital for the drill program, so it was fully funded. Check. We said we wanted to acquire additional copper gold projects, which we did. RDP. Check. Uh, we, some other things we, we achieved that weren't mentioned, we uh, listed on the OTCQB to make it uh, more attractive to U.S. investors. We further strengthened our board with the addition of Gary Baschuk, who's a well-respected sell-side analyst. Uh, one thing we've yet to achieve is the spinning out of our Yukon Gold projects. We are looking uh, not only for additional copper gold projects for Pacific Ridge, but for gold pro gold projects. And I think when you, I think we will acquire another gold project, and we do, you'll sp see us spin out those those gold projects into new co. So that's additional value for shareholders. So uh, I think people can look at us and say, listen, with the seven million market cap focused on copper gold projects in BC, which are uh, are of more and more interest to not only gold companies, but copper companies, uh, this is a really good bet. And not only that, when you look at our management team, so I, I think uh, we check a lot of boxes. I think we are, are moving forward. We're aggressive. I, I think we are constrained a little bit on seasonality right now with Clayul, but with more capital, we'll be able to be much more aggressive and extend that season and continue to deliver the sort of results that are going to be of interest not only to retail shareholders, but to senior mining companies, which ultimately is the end goal. So what's Crescat doing for you in, in all of this? Because they, they've, they've laid a number of small bets across the board, right? And is it a case that potentially the, the sum of the parts could be more, more valuable than you, you lots of these small, isolated, possibly financially stranded businesses? Is that part of their discussion or advice to you? No, I don't. I don't think so at the present time. I, I think you know Crestcat. Uh, you know they, they, they position themselves as an activist investor, um, and, and I think from what that means is that they are looking to actually actively promote their holdings, which is great for us. I mean, you, Quentin Henna has a has a huge following, and they put out weekly videos and talk about the companies that they're involved in and their news. Uh, so it's great, uh, great free promotion for us. 
you're right there involved in, in a number of different companies across the globe. And, and more recently, they've been taking stakes in companies active in British Columbia like ourselves. So uh, I, I think they see the potential in companies like ourselves. They also have the right to maintain their position, which, again, I think is uh, uh, a vote of confidence. And uh, right now, I, I don't think they have any concerns with their investment. I think what they were concerned about are, are some of the issues we talked about during this interview that will listen how are you guys going to get in there sooner how are you going to be able to achieve the meters you want to next year and we have a plan in place for that okay yeah but i guess that not even they are impervious to market conditions right you know i think they like a lot of um, investors have seen seen their holdings come off a bit here but i'm just wondering with quinton's following you know with quinton's access to capital and his experience as a you know a geologist foremost and uh, is what can they do for you what more can they do for you they've said okay they talked about some of the issues are they giving you advice as about to how to stop that happening again or do you already know and it's just a case of having the comfort of maybe someone to phone up I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work out how these kind of very um, specialist investors, these, these strategic investors help companies like you guys when you're going through moments like this? Honestly, I, I think they have great faith in the management and technical team. Um, you know, one, one of the key directors we added prior to Gary Baschuk was Gordon, uh, pardon me, Gordon Putnam, who is a, a buy side analyst with a number of U.S. funds. Uh, he has a, a very good relationship with Quinton. Uh, based on that relationship, really, that's what led Crestcat in. They had great confidence uh, in Borden, the technical advisory team, our management team. So right now, I think Crestcat really just want to understand what went wrong and what are you going to do to address it. There, there's no questions on on the technical side or or how we're trying to handle you know what happened this year. It's just okay. So what are you going to do next year? And I think we've put forward a plan that's going to address those issues so it doesn't happen again. Okay. So money's a great solver of problems. Um, how much money do you think you're going to need for next year? Mm-hmm. For the drill program. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be looking at a minimum of four million. Right. Okay. If, if we're looking at if we're looking at a drill program of uh, four to five thousand meters, that's that's sort of a good ballpark number. I don't know exactly where we're going to end the year right now because I mentioned we've got about uh, 1.2 million with our contractor, but we're still waiting for some big bills. We've got about 650 thousand in cash. And don't forget, we're also due a million dollars from BMC, that private British company for Fire Lake. So we could end the year in a, in a pretty healthy position, which means we may not have to raise quite as much for that expanded drill program next year. But but we'll see. We'll see how we look at the end of the year. But regardless, we're, we're in good shape up until we have to start drilling. And what about BMC? Are they in good shape? Are they going to be good for this uh, million? Uh, remains to be seen. Um, you know, they're moving forward with Kutsukaya. Fire Lake was a good bolt-on project for, for them. So, uh, pardon me, Fire Lake is our asset. Uh, they're ultimately looking to put Kudzukai into production and then feed ore from Fire Lake to Kudzukai. So a long-term plan. I know BMC was looking to go public. Um, I, I'm not sure what the status is for them right now, but at the end of the day, I mean, they've already paid us $2 million so far for Fire Lake. So it's a pretty good sunk cost. I'd be, be surprised if they walked away from Fire Lake when there's just another million to go. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So, so, so just on that, they've given you $2 million today. You've raised two point six separately so it's 4.6 was there any other money from any other 
description in there? No. So uh, that deal um, with BMC was struck, I believe, in uh, 2017. And that's why Pacific Ridge its share structure is in such good shape. I mean, uh, part of me, uh, Jerry Carlson, the former CEO and now exec chairman, was basically able to uh, conduct small exploration programs and fund GNA from those payments from BMC. So when I first came on in January, you know, we only had 33 million shares issued. And today, even after that 2.6 million raise, we only have 53. So uh, the share structure is in really good shape as a result of that that BMC transaction. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I, I appreciated that. Um, 2017. Fine. Um, well, okay. Right. So you, you kind of laid out what you've got to do and what you're going to need in terms of raising to be able to, you know, d deliver that. Just be, just be, so just be clear with me. We have taken steps and we understand what we need to do to make sure we don't get similar delays. What are they? Just spell them out for me. Yeah, one uh, one is the most important one is is amending our permits so we can get access to the property earlier uh, so we can mobilize in before there is even a risk of forest fires in that part of Canada. So that could give us access about a month earlier. So once once we're mobilized in, then it wouldn't matter if there are forest fires because we can helicopter in or take uh, you know planes to other airstrips and then helicopter. But mobilizing in, you need the road access to then stage up to the project area. So that's key. Uh, number two is the drilling contractor. Um, you know, I think it'll probably still be a challenge for drillers next year, but I think it'll be easier for us if we say, listen, you know, last year, you know, we were only contemplating a 2,500 meter program. Uh, if you're contemplating a, a program that might be twice the size, it's going to be able to probably open up the doors for, for more drilling companies that are, are going to be more interested in bidding on that. Okay. So those two things. Those are the two critical issues. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, well, look, Blaine, like, I appreciate the quick update. And it, it has been a while. Um, and you're, you're operating you know, in, in a difficult environment. Um, but like, I look forward to, you know, Stay in touch with this story. Let us know how you get on, especially if you raise some some money for the next drill program. I want to, I want to see how you uh, tackle that. It's fascinating to watch from afar. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're very pleased with what we've accomplished since we last spoke. Uh, we've, we've achieved a lot. There's obviously a lot more to, to achieve, but the next big catalyst now is the drill results. And as I said, I mean, I think we're going to meet or meet or exceed previous results. And if that's, you know, again, that sort of highlight hole uh, previously was, you know, 250 meters of 0.75 copper equivalent. So if you can get something similar or better, whether it's longer or even higher grade, I think people are going to be very interested in that. And I don't think it's going to be hard for us to be able to pitch investors and say, listen, these are the some sort of numbers we've returned. Uh, we've got a lot more work to do. We would like your capital to do that, and we think we're going to generate significant returns for you if we have success. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.